Well, hello there, and welcome to Martin and Kathy's Coffee Binge. We're so happy that you're here today. Ah, that's good, Joe. Yes, coffee time. Coffee, 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 coffee. Java. Yes. You are being watched. The government has a secret system, a machine that spies on you every hour of every day. One man has the skills. One man has the resources. Person of interest. GBN presents Martin and Kathy's Coffee Binge. Today's binge is Person of Interest. Welcome back to Coffee Binge. I'm Martin Sexton, and as always, I'm proud to introduce my soulmate, the straw that stirs the drink in the Sexton household, the peanut to my peanut brittle. And if you've ever seen me bend down to pick something up, you understand the brittle part. Uh, my lovely wife, Kathy. Good morning, Kathy. Well, good morning, Martin. And that is interesting about the straw, because I thought I was the one who broke the camel's back. Now, who said uh, anything about the <laughs> broke a camel's back? You said something about a straw, and I assumed yes. that you meant it was me who was breaking your back. So that's okay. I get it. I love you so much. How are you doing this morning? <laughs> I'm doing fine. See, all that rosiness and everything that you, you know that I complained about last time. Well, you're not going to get any more of that. Well, no, I got that. <laughs> see, what the the point is is see that. Generally, before her morning coffee. <laughs> so at, no, after, her, after her morning coffee, she sounds like Giselle from Enchanted. I, on the other hand, sound, you sound more like the Grinch in, in the morning where I must stop morning from coming. <laughs> uh, oh, that's funny. So, so anyway, so uh, just like last time, we're going to start out and give uh, Kathy a chance to talk about anything that she wants to get off her chest or anything that's exciting has happened since our last uh, time of talking. So well, let's get at it. Okay, well, please, don't, let, don't interrupt me. Fine, go ahead. I won't. Okay. <laughs> So the first thing that I want to mention is, is that we, you know, we let somebody listen to our podcast and, uh, of course it was one of my kids and they were just, oh my God, they were so bored with it. And I said, she says, why, you know, why are you guys having a podcast anyway? And because they think it's ridiculous and they think we're ridiculous and well, we are ridiculous, but that's okay. They're fired. (laughs) Yeah. We're not asking them their opinion (laughs) anymore. Um, but. We figured this in this time where people are going to be busy being kind of shut in a little bit. Um, here's something that they can do after they take a nice little walk outside to get some fresh air, come back inside, make a great big bowl of popcorn, and settle in. And let's watch something good. And binge watching shows of seasons past requires no wasting of time, no commercials, and Best of all, you can rewind it ten times when you don't understand what they said. And you keep trying to understand what they said. Then you try to put on closed captioning. And it goes by so fast, you still don't know what they said. But then you can watch it again and again. And then you go, oh, that's what they said. And that's the most satisfying part about binge watching for me. And then there's also uh, when your dog is barking at the front door because your food delivery service has gotten here. And... You can then pause again and go get your food and relax. What did we order? Chinese. 
Chinese. Again? Mexican? Yeah, okay, fine. All right. We'll have to go, Americans. Uh, well, fine. Let's get hamburgers. Let's order hamburgers that we can make on the What, stove. so I don't get the Chinese? All right, that's enough of this. <laughs> enough! So anyway, that's how I like it. And I like everything that way. That's the way I like it. And, they, and now, of course, also the problem uh, we had is... Schedule-wise, we couldn't watch these shows back uh, when they were being broadcast on uh, network TV, uh, mainly because, you know, you had your mother and Jeffrey to deal with. I had to be up at one thirty, so I couldn't stay up to watch them. Uh, so, uh, and besides, of course, the things we've talked about previously is that we're too uh, impatient to wait for... The yeah, next, I don't have any patience. Right, for the next episode or for the next season. Instant gratification. Okay, just like Outlander, where you uh, picked that out for us, you also picked out a Person of Interest. So which was great. Which was... A great idea for me. Which one, Outlander or the, Person both of Both of them. I, I, I basically, I haven't picked out a stinker yet. So, um, <laughs> so let me just say this. Though, picked out, picked out Persons of Interest because I was doing my usual flip, flip, flip through Netflix. Let me see what I want to watch next. And I saw Jim Caviezel's face and I said, hmm, I like him. Let me check t- this out. And I played it and I said, oh, that looks very interesting. I think I might like to try to look at that. So anyhow, I happened to be talking to Hazel, uh, mom's caregiver, who I love very much. And she says, hey, I've watched that show. It's really good. You should watch it. So I said, okay. So I decided I was going to go ahead and watch the first episode because Martin was in bed and I was bored. So I went ahead and watched it. And man, oh man, I was like, oh, we got to watch this. So I didn't watch any more, though I did want to watch the next episode. But I decided to go ahead and be calm, let Martin know about it. And then we started watching it together. It was awesome. Wow. That, you ever thought about being an auctioneer? I never I heard that many words get out with it one time. Well, I don't want to keep going, um, uh, eh, uh. Well, no, you didn't. You know, didn't nobody you didn't, nobody no. needs to hear all that nonsense. Well, boy, are they going to be uh, sad for this show. Okay. So, okay. So, right. So, you had already watched the first episode right. when you got me on it. And, uh, you know, for those who you, the probably the six or seven people who have never seen it. Uh, <laughs> That's it, true. Right. It went from uh, 2011 to 2016. It went five years. And as she said, it starred Jim Caviezel. But, you know, if you've ever seen Passion of the Christ, he played Jesus Christ. He's also played in uh, movies like Deja Vu, where yeah, he was kind of... he the, was great. That was a great movie, right. too. You've you got to watch that if you haven't seen it. Uh, that stands on Washington, Jim Caviezel. Lots of goodness in that one. That's very exciting. I like it. <laughs> okay. And Michael Emerson, which we first... He first I like Michael. From, from Lost. Lost. He's yep. awesome. Uh, Taraji P. Henson. And, She's uh, awesome. Yep. And... Uh, <laughs> For some reason or another, we're big fans of of TV shows and movies, for that matter, with badass women. That's correct. You know why? Because they are always much bad. They're way badasser than the guys are a lot of times. Especially, like, even in uh, Thor Ragnarok, when we when we find the um, Valkyrie there. She's a badass. And, and all the Valkyries were badasses. So, you which, know. which I thought was funny because your brother Mike said he didn't like it because she was beating people up. And yeah, <laughs> boo-hoo, you big male chauvinist, Mike. Okay, uh, and of course also... He's not a male chauvinist. He, no. He's not really. I, I didn't mean it like that. He, he's, he, he just... Well, obviously it bothered him to see a woman kicking people's butts, so I wasn't sure. Well, <laughs> right. you know, I think that's... And, and I guess that some people would like to see women be sweet and nice and all that stuff but you know what women are strong people they are strong they are strong not only physically but they're strong mentally and they are capable of handling a hell of a lot more than men 
on a pretty much regular basis. Right, and in this show, basically, there really were no weak-kneed women in this uh, show. I probably wouldn't have liked it if it was. Uh, but, uh, and of course, like I said, I'm I'm kind of a big fan of that. It's probably why I liked Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. with uh, Melinda May. Cause she, yeah, cause she's she cool. Uh, so anyway, so the the plot of the show basically involves, it was kind of set initially after 9-11, uh, because, you know, the government said that, okay, to avoid these kinds of, you know... Terrible things. Yeah, terrorist attacks that kill massive people, we need to find a way to get oh, as much man. information from uh, everyone as we can, which is why they started getting, the, had the ability to uh, listen in on people's phones and uh, different things. And we need a system to analyze this information and possibly pick out possible terrorist attacks that will kill massive amounts of people before they happen. So that's what uh, Michael Emerson's character, uh, he designed a computer that would analyze this information. You know what this reminds me of a little bit? The What's Minority it? Report. It actually, it has similarities to lots of different things. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean uh, as far as kind of how, how they're trying to pre, pre-guess when people are going to make a mistake or, you know, just by their actions or what's getting... You know, for that matter, uh, that in the Avengers, you know, was it the second Avengers where they were designing the computer system on the helicarriers to just take out people that were going to cause them a problem future down the line? Just uh, even, you know, children, I'm not sure how the heck that that system worked, but uh, that's kind of basically where how this system worked. But uh, as he designed the system, uh, what it would be doing, it would pick out the the situations where it looked like massive amounts of people were going to die, but it was thrown away. It was actually given information that would detect smaller crimes where, like, individuals would get killed, but it was tossing those aside as irrelevant. Right, because which it was is, only a few or one, one right. or two or a few. And originally, you know, Finch, who was uh, Michael Emerson's character, decided, you know, that was fine uh, until it affected him specifically and then he decided that he could no longer just sit by and let it toss aside those irrelevant cases uh that's where he stepped in but uh so he had the system to do it but he didn't have the physicality to do it because uh uh earlier in his past he had gotten to an accident where of a bomb exploding that injured his back uh so he needed someone to uh do the muscle, do, right, do the muscle thing and that's where jim caviezel came in Yes, and he was a former CIA operative um, who they thought was dead, so it was very easy for him to be a part of this plan, um, and he could go and recover, um, uh, you know, information from these people, and people wouldn't know who he was. So that was pretty cool. And, of course, uh, his former job in the government, what he basically did was kill people. I mean, they sent him in there to retrieve uh, information and then dispose of the people who were doing it, which eventually... Uh, you know, once he got out of that job uh, and had to kind of live with what he had done, which is why you can't basically him kind of sort of a vagrant uh, type person when Finch got a hold of him. Uh, so anyway, so that's kind of how it was set up. It said in there, uh, initially they're being kind of uh, investigated by and followed by uh, Taraji P. Henson's character, Detective Joss Carter. And also they got involved, uh, Kevin Chapman's character, Lionel Fusco, but he was a dirty cop initially. Right. Uh, and, 
He didn't want to be a dirty cop anymore. Well, he especially didn't when uh, Reese uh, had him wreck his car and. Uh, <laughs> which that was, was helpful. It was helpful for his. Right, uh, which was funny because he was he was initially. I hope I'm not giving too much away for you three people who haven't seen this. Uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, he initially was supposed to, at the behest of the dirty cops, take Reese uh, Jim Caviezel's character out to the desert and kill him. Of course, uh, uh, Reese got away. They flipped the car. He crawls out and tells uh, Fusco that uh, because uh, he needs help on the inside, I'm going to let you live, which he thought was funny until the car flipped, o- <laughs> flipped over and, left, and he left him there. Uh, so uh, that was pretty much the case. In the beginning of the series, they basically were doing almost like one-offs of, okay, this, is, this person's number came up. We're going to find out. Because they don't know in the beginning whether that person's number come up are they the victim or the perpetrator? So that's Jim. That's a uh, Reese's job to figure out uh, which one they are and to try to stop whatever the the problem is. Uh, it's only later in later seasons where they kind of joined it no more into a serial thing where they had a running storyline going on. Uh, but uh, Jim Caviezel's character kind of reminds you of Steven Seagal who can act. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I agree with that. That is a real good analogy because he's kind of like a badass who. I just like him so much, though. He's really, really a um, he's really a he's a cool cucumber. That must have been the ding saying that was right. Yes, ding. <laughs> correct answer. You may continue. And so, so especially in the beginning, where uh, most of his fist fights were like one sided affairs against five and six people when he wasn't uh, shooting them in the knees. True. Uh, which we'll talk about here in a minute. Uh, but. Uh, Needs to say, uh, Jim Caviezel is a much better actor than Steven Seagal. Sorry for all you Steven Seagal fans who thought I like otherwise. Steven Seagal, but, 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 I, but I liked but, him to a point. But you know, whatever is going to accuse him of being a great actor. No, but he's a pretty good guy. So I think that, um, yeah, I like Jim Caviezel, and I like his uh, his portrayal of uh, this uh, for this particular character, um, John. Um, I, I just liked him. He was good. It was it was it was very um he, he did it very well. Yes, yeah, so he even had that stereotypical, you know, sort of gravelly deep voice yeah, uh, which was hero awesome. thing, which is why in one of the episodes where the guy who's pretending to be a yeah, hero yeah, yeah, thing yeah. is how you do that voice? <laughs> you do that you talk like that all the time. Uh um, of course the real star of the show came in on the second season, which was the dog. No, okay. Yeah, which was the uh, Belgian Malinois uh, military dog with uh, they named Bear. And Bear only understood instructions that were given to him in Dutch, which right. is why uh, uh, Michael Emerson's uh, character Finch had to learn Dutch to command the dog because even though supposedly it was Reese's dog, uh, he basically took care of him and basically took ownership of him. Uh, but uh, it was... It was, it was there was certain things about the show that were a given on through the entire five seasons. So we're going to, to kind of discuss those a little bit. Okay. Number one. Gunfight. Yep. Always going to be a gunfight at some point, especially in the, in the beginning. Could be one. Could be three. Right. Middle, uh, beginning, middle, end. Right. It said, and in that gunfight, you know, a whole lot of people are going to get shot in the knee. <laughs> right. Uh, because apparently, uh, John, of course, like I said, in his previous life, he was killed, killed people. Right. Shot him in, right between he the really eyes. He really didn't want to ki- kill him like right. that. So he, right. So he didn't want to kill him. So he decided he was going to kneecap him. And that's what he did. Everybody, I mean, it's like the very first gunfight I remember, I mean, there was a whole 
room full of people because he was going to take their illegal weapons from them, and he kneecapped every single one of them. Right. Actually, except for one guy he left standing there because he thanked him. Uh, uh, he said he was going to take those guns until they take safety courses to learn how to use them. <laughs> uh, but uh, Dr. John Andrews, who does knee surgeries for the NFL, would probably love love John because uh, uh, he would get yeah, lots of business. business. Yeah. Uh, and the funny thing is, is that you know, as new uh, cast members came on the show, like uh, Samine Shaw, uh, who's the badass chick that we were talking about previously, yes. which was uh, Sarah Shahi. Uh, pretty soon, even though she was always actually more the one that would want to shoot somebody in the head. Right. But as she spent more time with John, she started kneecapping people as well. Right. Uh, so uh, that's probably why when they were first investigating John, they kept saying some guy in a suit and he was knee- shooting people in the knees. <laughs> right. Okay, so so we got multiple gunfights. We got lots of knees being shot off. Somewhere in an episode, one of the main characters is going to get shot. And you're always wondering, what's going on? Now, usually they were wearing a vest, so it didn't, you know, didn't uh, injure them any. Sometimes they did get shot, but uh, they certainly weren't Superman. They weren't bulletproof. They got shot a lot. Mm -hmm. Okay. Later on, as the series progressed, you'd get into these massive gunfights and... It would turn into what I would call kung fu shootouts, <laughs> uh, and basically, if you ever watched the old martial art films where they'd be having a fight, they'd like throw fifteen punches and thirteen of them were blocked, and then they'd land one. Except for, unless you were Bruce Lee, of course, and then you land all your punches because you're Bruce Lee. Uh, yeah. uh, but in those gunshot gunfights, I mean, you they it's all like the A team. A team, they never hit anybody. They said, but they'd shoot out multiple rounds of ammunition and no one get hit until somebody got shot in the knee, of course. Once their knees were exposed, they got shot in the knee. Uh, so uh, they must have ran through a whole lot of bullet allowance or, or blank allowance, I guess, in this particular case. There uh, was a lot, of, a lot of non-hit shooting. I wonder if that's how it is a lot anyway. If... <laughs> See, it's sort of like the you know, school fights you get at high school where these guys supposedly know how to fight, but then when, when the fight starts, honey, they just start swinging their arms like, <laughs> like they're doing the breaststroke or <laughs> something at each other. Slap, 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 slap. What happened to all that, you know, Marcus of Queensberry stuff that you <laughs> pretended you know, but when the fight broke out, you just started wailing. <laughs> anyway, oh, my heavens. Uh, we, right. we, but we digress. Yeah. Okay, uh... Usually well, you had that, and then you always had you always had to have a a car wreck at some point, and it was either SUV flipping over, either end over end or side over side. It all depends. If they got T boned, it was a side shot. If it was a running up something and flipping over, and they were impressive. They uh, were crashes. They were good good crashes, but but they were in these SUVs that must they're built like tanks, and then they would all crawl out the bottom. So, um, but yeah, right, just just moments before it exploded into a te- fiery mess. Yeah, their car allowance must have been pretty high because they have almost every episode a car got flipped somewhere along That's the line. That's true. That's true. And of course, just because the way a show was set up, there, there's always going to be a plot twist where someone you didn't expect is either going to be the victim or the perpetrator. They kind of lead you astray and then zing you at the end. Uh, which is kind of what made the show kind fun. of fun. Because sometimes it didn't happen. And right. And, so, and then you wonder, what what happened? Wait, you know, that guy wasn't supposed to be that. He was going to be the good guy. So, but oh, that, well. But that's okay. Uh, so also, during the entire series, uh, the show involved a number of flashbacks. 
And uh, but fortunately, they made it really clear whenever they do that because they show a sliding scale of years going back. Or they call that a timeline here in the United States. Uh, well, if I lived there, I would know that. Then, wouldn't I? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Anyway, yes. So anyway, so they kind of let you know that the scene that they're showing exactly when it happened, and usually it's just to fill in some backstory to kind of explain what was what is happening now, uh, which. Is well, a, it's quite helpful, though. Yeah, it's a, it's appreciative because of, uh, it makes a, the things a lot more sense of what's going on now when you kind of see why that, you know, why that decision was made or exactly what led to that decision. Uh, as a whole, the show tended to focus on the balance between surveillance, which is, except, you know, after 9-11, of course, they basically allowed them to dig deeper into our personal lives against the need for privacy. Uh, and that that is pretty much explored throughout the series, uh, and all, toward the end of it, it kind of also became a focus as how much control do you want your machines or your computers to have over your everyday life. Uh, certain people thought, fine, you know, hey, they're, they're bringing an order to us, so we'll just basically submit. And others like uh, Reese and uh, Finch said, no, we want to limit to how much control we want some say in the matter uh you know it's kind of like the old uh, terminator skynet thing where basically the computers or, or in this case the robots uh developed such intelligence that they thought they they superseded humanity uh so that's kind of the thing they were discussing toward the end but uh Overall, like I said, when they got to the season, the series final, uh, I was really, I was happy with the series final, uh, much better more than other shows uh, that I've watched. It was very satisfying. Yeah, as as an ending for the for the um, uh, for the seat for the series, I I thought that was it was a good ending. Um, Yeah. Yeah, I had no, I mean, I had no real complaints. Uh, You know, uh, not going to make everyone happy. But uh, as a whole, I thought it was pretty good, and they did leave an open door, a bit if they wanted to do a follow, a future follow up, maybe using different characters for it if they wanted to do that. Uh, uh, but apparently they haven't so far because they haven't done it yet. Uh, but uh, it was a good show. Like I said, uh, you can if you you can find it on Netflix, and you know if you're tenacious like we are, you can get through it probably within about a month's time, depending on how often you watch it. There's you know? a lot of action in that that series. A lots of action, lots of action. If you enjoy that kind of action, it's very satisfying. It's extremely um, exciting at some points, and I, I I think it's a it's definitely a a keeper. They uh the they also you know. You develop an attachment to the characters. You sure the time, do. They so. do. They do. They do do a good job of um, introducing you to the characters. Uh, Even the ones that appear later on. So by mm-hmm. the time of the end, you know you have a uh, vested interest in what happens to them. For sure. Uh, so uh, that's pretty much what we got for person of interest. Like I said, if you have never seen it, we recommend that you check it out. And uh, until next time, I'm Martin. I'm Kathy. And we'll catch up next time, Coffee Bench.